four words that turn summer into autumn. Notre Dame versus Michigan. Two giants who first clashed way back in 1887. For over a century, mud-covered golden domers have tussled with the guts and glue of the maize and blue. Epic battles punctuated by legendary names. Hello there, college football fans, and welcome to the Fighting Wolverines podcast. I'm your host, Michael Keeley, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Dan Large. Dan, how are you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you. (laughs) Third time's the charm. Yeah, we've been having some technical difficulties today, so um, I think we've, hopefully we've got it figured out, Um, but yeah, hopefully we've also had an echo on Dan's voice for the last like three episodes, so let's hope that... uh, that that's not the case for this one, but we'll we'll find out when the recording is finished. So, um, yeah, it's Tuesday, May twenty fifth, and we're gonna talk about some college football news, just general news, and then we're gonna hop into some Michigan Notre Dame stuff, and then we are going to cover the week two games for the college football season, the upcoming season. So, should be a good episode, and we're pretty excited about it. Um. Speaking of being excited, we are less than 100 days away from college football. Um, so that should get everybody pumped. We're, summer is, I mean, it's great because, like, right around this time, at least in Michigan, it's, it gets warm, you know, and so, like, everyone's starting to go outside and, and do things and uh, get out in the water and all that stuff. And so it's like, it, you know, the warm weather shows up, and you have all summer to Bye. And then just in the back of your mind, you know, like, this is awesome, but college football is coming. And the fall is just the best time of the year, in my opinion. You have – cools down a little bit, and and football starts up, and it's just a – it's a blast. So I agree. <laughs> Dan seconds that. Um, I like the kayak. That's my favorite summer activity. Yeah, kayak. I like to do river floats, like – Oh, we yeah. did one. We did one last year. There's a spot up by us, um, up in Grand Haven, that you pay and they bus you up to a location with tubes, and then you Is that float near down. Central, like Mount Pleasant. Uh no, it's so it's near Nuevo, which it's like just like north. It's like northwest of Grand Rapids, okay. so it's about a 45 minute drive from us, but. It was a blast last year. We're definitely going to look at doing that again this year. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, getting off on tangents again. Um, in other news, uh, Nebraska and Northwestern has decided to open up its 2022 season, so not this upcoming season, but the following, in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, Notre Dame fans like myself know a little bit about that. Uh, in 2012, we opened up the season against Navy in Ireland, and also we were scheduled to do that this last year, but COVID kind of kicked that um, that idea out the window. Um, but then I think you said, Dan, we recovered that 96 was the last season. I, I should know that because I'm a Notre Dame fan, but. It's the first time. You can hear me, right? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> yep, you're good. Now. If, if you see a blank look on my face, then you'll know I can't hear you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it started in 1996. Yeah, and, but it was a huge gap between '96 and I think 2012. You said, "Yep." Well, that was the second time, right? And I, again, I for people who have listened to the podcast know that I didn't really start following Notre Dame closely till like '05. So I just like anything before that, I don't really know a whole lot. Penn State and Central Florida had a game in. Ireland. I didn't even remember that one. I remember the 2012 Notre Dame Navy. Yeah, that was at 9 a.m. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it was weird. I actually, I mean, it was cool because well, I and, watched it. It was the first game, so yeah, it was just like fun. We went. I think we went over to my cousin Joel's, and he was living in like Lagrange, Indiana, at the time. And we just kind of like it was fun. We made breakfast and we watched the game. It was that was yeah. it was cool. It was just different. So uh, yeah. And then last but not least, I had a little um, – there's an article I found uh, a couple of days ago that the, there's a 2022 Texas running back commit, um, Jaden Blue is his name, and he has opted out of his senior season of high school football. Um, and we've seen this done 
with, you know, college players uh, opting out of bowl games or what have you. And then this last season, they had weird players opt out of the whole season because of COVID, which I think that that was, that was legitimate. And even high school players, you know, they opted out of their spring season because they're, you know, either they wanted to early enroll and, and get on campus or, you know, they just, it was just time for them to be done, which is understandable. But this is just like a blatant, um, I mean, he's just like, I'm, I want to be fresh. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip, I'm gonna skip my senior season. And he is quoted saying uh, that football is a brutal sport. And the wear and tear associated with the running back position is undeniable. And to me, I don't know. Again, I'm not a highly touted running back coming out of high school. Um, I didn't play college football. I, I, I know, I, I'm sure it's it's rough, but at the same time, like, I think you owe, I felt this way about college, like the college football players. I think you owe something to your teammates. Um and then as te- at Texas, like this kid's a top 100 commit. Like he's not a, he's not like a three star, like he's a good player. And so I, as, as, a, as the Texas coaching staff, like, what does that tell you? I don't know. I, not playing a year before you go to college sounds rough. I think. Well, think about the, I think about like a kid like Tyler Buckner, who is the, you know, freshman quarterback coming in. Everyone, you know, wants him to play. And there are people who are using the argument that he didn't have a senior season because of COVID. And that's why he's like, that's why he's not in the running for the starting position because he just hasn't played football in two years or a year and a half or whatever it was. So well, like, especially some areas like uh, Tyler Morris, the receiver that committed to Michigan, he only played three games. Yeah. So it's like, how can you in one statement say like, that's a, a knock on a player and that's why he's not starting, but then, like, praise this kid for doing that. I, I don't know. To me, and I, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to open the open the door to um, to just more kids doing this, kind of like, you know, like college basketball. You see your kids are going to the G League now, and they're, uh-huh. not, they're not going to, you know, major college programs because they want to get paid. Um, I mean, obviously, they're not going to get he's, – he's still going to go to Texas and – that's not the same issue, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think that's a slippery slope. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it, but, again, if Texas is okay with it and, you know, who knows, maybe Jaden Blue's the next big-time running back. I, I don't know. Well, we know Texas is back, so. <laughs> Every year. Texas. Every year they're back, so. That's the that's, common theme. We'll let of, it slide. Of, yeah, they're <laughs> – I mean, you can pe- pretty much pencil them into the playoff um, just about every year. So <laughs> that was good. Um, but, yeah, let's jump into – let's transition into some Michigan news, and I'll let Dan take it away here. we got some things going on with the uh, Wolverines. Some things, not really. It's kind of like Notre <laughs> Dame. There's nothing going on really. Right. Uh, for some reason, they gave Josh Gaddis an extension for one season. For one season. Uh, for one year? Yeah, it's just through the it expires this after this season. So mm-hmm. they gave him another season. So okay. I thought it was a three year contract or something, but then I read the article, so but still I wouldn't have given it to him unless he did good this season. Right. The offense has to do good. Which there are incentives, extra bonus if they make the top two in the Big Ten in scoring. Mm. Something like that, top ten in uh in the country as well. So he gets a bonus for that. Do you He's... think that's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh the other news. <laughs> so that's a no then. Well, he hasn't given me a reason for any hope. He that's comes to Michigan point. as a unproven play caller. Right. So it's kinda hard. There were some signs at the end of the 2019 season with Shea Patterson. We had a screen. I can't remember how many games where Michigan didn't have a 300-yard passer. And oh, Rutgers wow. had more than them. 
and Patterson threw three straight games. He had over 300 yards. So we thought maybe the offense is finally finding its rhythm. We didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, last year was – I mean, I think part of that was due to the late start maybe, but even then, like, it just felt like everyone was kind of – Well, he inserted the run-pass option. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in one game last year, and that was the opener. They looked sharp against Minnesota, but it turns out Minnesota was just not that good. <laughs> yeah. That game was a bit of a, a fluke. I, I remember I watched that game with some a uh, couple buddies, and they were they were pumped, and rightfully so. I was like – because I thought yeah, Minnesota was, was going to be good. Yeah, based on what Minnesota did the year before, I knew their offensive line was out. Hmm. I think it was the offensive line or defensive line, and Michigan just ran all over them. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> he don't yeah. deserve it. But we'll see yeah. if he can prove me wrong or anyone else wrong. Well, you never know. And the other news is uh, Jordan Whitley, a former three-star defensive tackle from Oregon State, transferred to Michigan yeah. Can you hear me? He, I thought I just no. broke up. Nope, I got you. All right. All right. He has um, one year of eligibility, and it's a good addition because of his size. And they're supposed to go to a 3-4 defense. He so he's going to the middle. So. Yeah, he'll be, he's, a, he's like a one-to-three technique, like defensive tackle. Yeah. Middle, okay. The only concern with him is he sat out last year because he had a heart condition. Um, a tumor near his heart sidelined him for a season. That seems pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. He got cleared. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he stays healthy. Right. Yeah, I mean, I saw I mean, I mean, saw a pick. He looks like he's a pretty big kid. Uh, hopefully he pans out and helps out the uh, Michigan defense with new defensive coordinator. As well. No more Don Brown. <laughs> um, and I was actually reminded of something while you were talking, uh, something that I didn't put on our notes, but I actually read another article yesterday talking about some of the transfer stuff. It kind of relates to that article that I talked about with the, the running back, the Texas commit, um, about the transfer portal. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but it was a pretty big article that had a lot of quotes from college coaches talking about the, the amount of recruiting that is going on during the season from major programs of, of kids who are on other teams. So like you got, you know, it's obviously not, they're not directly calling the player because technically that's a violation, but they're, the article talked about how they're, going through roundabout ways of like talking to a mom or dad, or they get word that so-and-so is upset that they're not playing enough or they're not, you know, they're they're not seeing the field or whatever. And so they, they, they talk to the coach, the high school coach or whatever. And they, they just trying to see what the, maybe the interest in, in transferring to their school is. Um, the one year like no you don't have to sit out transfer rule um which i think could really changing a lot of it i mean it's been changing for years but like i feel like the the stuff that is happening now is is really serious like the game is changing a ton and you're essentially getting super team stuff where like you know a player is going to be like hey man like come come join me over here. Like we got a scholarship spot and like you, we could use you like, this is how we're going to use you. And they're like the, the quotes from the coaches are, they're saying that that's starting to happen. So, um, I don't know. Again, I think that's a slippery slope as well. I'm, I don't want to be like doom and gloom about college football, but like that's, that's a little bit alarming to me. So, but I thought that was interesting. It was a good read. Where did you see that? Uh, it was actually an ESPN article. Um, I shared it on the uh, our fighting fighting Wolverines podcast Facebook. The um, new edition. <laughs> uh, yeah, the new edition. We got a new Facebook. 
if you want to go follow follow us um yeah little shameless plug um so i'll talk about notre dame a little bit uh not a whole lot going on um from what i've listened to and read um caleb evans the the cornerback i talked about last week he's the trans or he's in the transfer portal he's from tulsa from what i've heard notre dame is in which would be really good for notre dame um, they need help at cornerback. They just need a little bit of depth there. And uh, I think I think that – I don't know if he'd be a starter right off the bat, but he would definitely be a guy that's going to come in and play. He'll, he'll be a factor. He'll be on the field, which would be good. Because um, aside, aside from Clarence Lewis, who is the – he's the only, like, bona fide starter um, – the other side, we're just, you're just not sure that you know you're gonna need some help. They probably provide that. Um, he was also offered by Texas not long after. I think it was like a day or two after Notre Dame offered. So he's from he's from the Dallas Fort Worth area. So uh, that could possibly be a destination for him. But from what I've heard, is that he's in you know Notre Dame is is probably his top choice right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, a commitment from him in the next, I don't know, couple of weeks or so. So well, they have a, like a deadline before they have to sign, right? For transfers. Yeah. I think it's before like the first, uh, I think it's before the semester starts. So there's like a summer semester or something. Yeah. That I believe that's when they have I figure to figure it'd be coming up. Yeah. With all the, the, with all the players yeah. coming in to visit. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully that ends up working out. But really there hasn't been any – I mean, it's really been dead just because uh, I would say, you know, June, like we've talked about on the podcast before, is supposed to be the the hot month because of all the visits that are happening because they're actually allowed to happen now, like the official in-person visits. So – so, yeah, I think you're going to see a bunch of, I mean, Notre Dame, Michigan players are going to be committing left and right. Because Notre Dame still has a ton of. Um, I'm looking forward to that in the next. But, um, we can transition now into our week two matchups. And um, I'll be honest with you, week two is kind of bland. <laughs> I was looking through it and I was like, "Oh, it's very bland." It's not. There's not really any. I mean, we'll go through it. I think the reason why is because I don't view the Pac-12 as being very relevant. Oh, come on! I know. <laughs> so it's just like when I see like, okay, for example, like Oregon, Ohio State, Washington, at Michigan. Like, yeah, those are good games, but like in all reality, like I don't know. I just feel like. They're both going to get smoked by the Big Ten schools, but I'm going to pick Washington because, you know, my hatred grows. <laughs> my hatred grows every day. Um, <laughs> but let's <Your> start. Hatred <laughs> grows. Let, let's <laughs> let's start off with a, a little happy insta- Star Wars day, by the way. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, not a, a huge. Nerd. I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, but, but whatever. Anyways. Let's start out with a little in-state rivalry, uh, Iowa at Iowa State. And, again, I mean, Iowa State's Iowa State's supposed to be pretty good this year. Like, people have – I've heard a lot of analysts talk about how their potential to be, you know, playoff good. Um, I feel like that's kind of been – but that didn't really pan out. They've got – is it the – He's a, he was a leading rusher in the country, right? Grace Hall. Brees Hall, yeah, he's coming back. Um, and I think the quarterback is gone, right? Or is he back, too? I feel like he's been there for, like, eight years. Is that Iowa quarterback? Yeah, Iowa State. Oh, Iowa State. Uh, um, Brock his... Purdy? Yeah, Brock. Is he still there? I should know that, but I don't. And I'm not good with rosters. He... <laughs> I know he... Brees Hall's back. Yeah, I, if he is, he's. I, feel, I think he's, like, a... 
At least or he might <laughs> come back because everyone got a extra year. So that's true. That's true. Everyone got a COVID year. So yeah. um, if he, I think he, I think he is back. And um, and then they also have uh, Charlie Kohler, who's a really solid tight end. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would probably pick Iowa State in that game, uh, just considering it's at Iowa State. Well, looking at the the series, Iowa's won the last five, so Iowa State is due. So I like I like to pick too for Iowa State. That's not that's not bad. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't realize that. I mean, I know yeah, Iowa. I, I should have took note earlier, but I had to find something <laughs> to well, put, throw in. Well, Iowa State really hasn't. I mean, other than the last like two years or so before. Um, well, Campbell. last year especially. Yeah, Campbell has really turned that program around. So, like they come in a hot name to take over a big program, <laughs> Michigan. So. <laughs> oh boy. Jeez. Here we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would say Iowa State's gonna win that game. I, I do like Iowa though. I've always kind of, I've always kind of liked them. I don't know. You don't know like... what you're gonna get with them. Yeah, it's always same a... thing with Wisconsin. Yeah, I would say. I don't know. I have a couple like Big Ten schools that I like, like I secretly cheer for. Um, Iowa would be one of those. Um, Iowa, I kind of like Iowa, kind of like Penn State, um, which is weird because I know Notre Dame and Penn State had kind of a rivalry in the early 2000s. Um, but again, I didn't really pay much attention at that time. They did. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a huge rivalry, but they played a couple times. And I guess things were pretty heated. So. Notre Dame has a rivalry against Purdue more than Penn State. Yeah. I think. Purdue. And Michigan State, too. Both Michigan schools. Yeah. Usually the Michigan State-Notre Dame game is always a down to the end, it feels like. Yeah, it does. Some big plays that have happened in that in that series. Um, but, yeah, I and I also have a – Oh boy, he's I'm married into the family, so he'd be my uncle-in-law, <laughs> if that's a thing. Um, he's a huge <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes fan, so and I like I like Scott, so I I like to pull for the Hawkeyes. Um, but yeah, I would say I would probably pick Iowa State though, unfortunately, because I just think they're they're better, I think they're a better team. But um, and we talked about last week the Iowa effect, like when you play at Iowa, I don't think that that phases Iowa State because they're, they're in the same in the They same haven't announced state. the time yet. I wonder if that's going to be a night game or a day game. It's usually a noon kickoff. Yeah. I feel like that's that's normal for the Fox, like the big well, noon actually, kickoff or whatever. Oh, no, Oregon and Ohio State is at noon. That will probably be the game on Fox. Um, oh, okay. So Iowa State and Iowa, that might be the game that follows. Gotcha. Well, I don't know. Time will so. tell. Um, let's jump down into that next game. Uh, Oregon and Ohio State. This is probably like the the highest ranked matchup of the of this weekend. Most anticipated. Yeah, and I think you know again, Oregon is. They're not the Oregon of old that, like, I grew up with, with, you know, Chip Kelly and D'Anthony Thomas and all those super fast teams. But they are, you know, they've been good, and Mario Cristobal has done a nice job. So They've been steady, I think, yeah. since USC and Pete Carroll. It was, it's been Oregon. For sure. But I just don't think they're good enough, I think. And it's at Ohio State. So, I just, yeah. I mean, you're at the shoe, probably going to lose. Um, I don't, yeah, again, we talked about Ohio State last week. I don't know. I think, you know, we talked about uh, Stroud is going to be their starter. One good thing about this game, too, it's an early game, so a loss for either team doesn't really hurt them, I don't think. They just have to take care of business the rest of the year. Yeah, I would say – Ohio State losing to Oregon in that situation, maybe because it's at home, that might affect it a little more. Well, back in 2014, the first playoff year, 
Ohio State lost at home to Virginia Tech at the beginning of the year. And oh, yeah. They won out. Of course, that's it was true. different teams, but that's why the beginning of the year, big non-conference game, you can afford to lose. Just don't lose bad. Right. Yeah, and that was like what we talked about with Clemson and Georgia last week. Like, if either one of those schools loses that game, it's, as long as it's a close, like, they're both competitive. I, but can't, I mean, comparing – Oregon to those two teams, I wouldn't compare it. <laughs> oh, no, no. Probably not. Well, and I would say if Georgia loses, and this is kind of going back to last week, but if Georgia loses that game, um, they probably have a worse shot because of the SEC and Alabama. But if Clemson loses that game and it's close, they're going to steamroll through the ACC again for the most part. I mean, I don't think it's any tougher than it was last year, maybe a little bit, but. Uh, so they, so Clemson, well, Mac Brown does something at North Carolina. Everyone I, loves Mac Brown in North Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. They lost. I a don't lot. know either. They lost a same lot thing, of playmakers. Same thing with going back to Iowa State. I need to see more steady progress from Campbell in that program mm-hmm. because they had all that success last year. Coming into next year. Can he carry it over? Too much hype. We don't know. Right. Yeah, I think I think with with that in reference to that, I don't know. I would say that I for Iowa State, like I just I don't know. I don't I don't I don't I don't really like trust any Big Twelve teams. Um, even like Oklahoma this year, everyone's like, Oh, they're they're a lock for the playoff. It's like I yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Like the to me, the Big 12 means no defense is played, and it's just high-powered, like offense. Yeah, yeah just shoot shootouts, and it's like that's not too long ago we had Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield lighting it up. Yeah, it seems like, like the Big 12. If you look back at the Big 12, their games between each other, there's always high scoring, 53 to 40 points. Yep, high scoring so, games. So, and I think Oklahoma's figured that out a little bit maybe to an extent because they hired a good defensive coordinator last year and he did a nice job. And I feel like that they played some decent defense throughout the year. So if, you know, they can build on that. Sure. They'll probably make the playoff. Um, but will they do anything in the playoff? I guess I shouldn't probably talk because I'm a Notre Dame fan. And, um, but yeah, so kind of getting off off uh, task here, but Oregon, Ohio State, I'm taking Ohio State as of right now, barring some crazy miracle. And I'll probably stay with Ohio State all the way to the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's jump down and go into uh, Texas A&M versus Colorado. That's at a – I think that's at Mile High Stadium, yeah. I believe. Um, so that's kind of cool. And I mean, I think a and going to be pretty good this year. So I would be, I don't, I just don't, I don't know anything about Colorado. Pac-12. <laughs> Even though this yeah. is a former big 12 matchup. I always, it's weird. I always think that they're in the big 12. I still think Colorado's in the big 12 for some reason. Yeah. That was kind of an odd team to add. I thought, I always thought Colorado should have stayed in the Big 12. Same thing in a way with Nebraska. Yeah, it's I like them weird. in the Big 10 too, but they belong in that Big 12. Same thing with Missouri in the SEC. Yeah, I, that's, that whole thing to me is just like some of those teams, they still they still don't feel like they fit in necessarily. I think A&M fits, yeah. fits in the SEC. I think that that was a, a good And switch. I think Texas fans say they're just tired of well, A and M fans are tired of getting beat by Texas. Right. After that talk. So. Yeah. Texas is back, baby. <laughs> uh, we can kind of zip zip through that one. I I would say A and M's gonna win that game pretty easily. Um, and we'll jump down right into your uh, your game here, Washington and Michigan. You assume this would be a ranked matchup. I don't know what. Last year, so um, I know that, but 
supposed to be a good defense. That's pretty much all I know about Washington. Do you think – is Michigan going to be ranked, you think, in the AP? They might be in the 20s. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't That's know. That's what I, feel, I guess. I feel like most of the time, like, the same thing with Notre Dame, like, they're going to be ranked somewhere mid-level probably just because that's just typically how the, like, the polls view them. Because they could go either way. Like, I feel like Notre Dame could flop and not flop, but, you know, not have a great season and drop back, or they could do what they did last year and climb up the ranks. So, I feel like Michigan's the same it way. Probably every week. <laughs> I can see Michigan be a 9-win, 10-win team, but I can see them be a 7-win team. I can see yeah. them bounce back. But, yeah, I have to watch them first to really make – this should be the game that really should launch the season. Because if you win this one – I think it's a good chance they can win 10. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, I don't know. Again, I just don't know enough about Washington. I don't know who, they, who they've who they got. Um, I'll probably pick Washington just because I want to I wanna be that guy. But do I think that Michigan should probably win this game? Yeah, I do. I think they should. Well, also the fans are supposed to be expected. It's under the lights. Yeah, that definitely and, plays uh, a role. I know Chris Evans. I wish I, if I remember that, I would have said it last week, or I might have already said it. Chris Evans during an interview said, "You can tell a big difference when you get up on game day at home, mm-hmm. and there's you expect a crowd of over 110,000 compared to last year, where nobody, you weren't going to have anyone. You can't get pumped up like you yeah. used to." I'm not going to say that's why they suck, but I think all across the country, football and college basketball too. Definitely plays a role. There's no question. Plays a huge role. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I mean, look at Notre Dame-Clemson last year at Notre Dame. At least they had some decent fans. I mean, there was quite, I mean, they had it spread out enough to where it felt like a at least a game atmosphere, which was nice, but. The announcing system playing fan noise it just doesn't do it for me. It's not the same. Um, man, a bad even in basketball, I hate Duke, but I miss the Cameron Crazy because it's just the atmosphere. Yeah, I've seen it on TV. Yeah, it's wild. It definitely makes a difference. Um, this is kind of a random off. I mean, it's on topic but off topic at the same time. Um, put you on the spot here. Because I had extra this question, and I'll answer it for Notre Dame too. Um, what is like in your time watching Michigan? What is your like? What is the worst loss in your eyes that you've watched? Like a game that's like that always sticks in your mind. That's like, man, like that really sucked. Like we should not have lost that game. Um, man, there's too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, that Well, that's funny you say that because I've seen somebody post to him, to whatever media outlet, they put up the five best wins under Harbaugh and the five worst losses. I kind of agree with number one. It was actually last year's Michigan State game. It was a home game. They were favored by 20. Michigan State just got their butt kicked. Well, they didn't get their butt kicked. They shouldn't have lost the Rutgers the week before. But if you turn the ball over 100 times, you will lose. (coughs) And how Michigan looked against Minnesota, which clearly was a pretend team. So (laughs) So would you say the Michigan State loss last year was your – I guess we could do – you I don't know. Do Har- you could Michigan do Harbaugh State. era. I would say that's the most disappointing game, just based on what they were favored. I expected them to beat the crap out of them, like the I year they before, because they beat them by thirty-five. You could see the tide turning. Michigan was mm-hmm. going to go back to dominating Michigan State, but Harbaugh's only three and three now, minus that two fifteen. Uh, 
drop punt game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy game. I, I'm I wasn't less... really upset. I was more just shocked and surprised. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, was, that's one of those deals where you literally, like... Surrendering Cobra. <laughs> yeah, that is not a... I mean, that's just... That's one of those freak deals. You just can't plan for that. Um, I, I told my friend who's a Sparty fan, I'd rather see the Lions lose that way than Michigan losing to Michigan State that way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I was at my... Uh, I was at my in-laws last year when that game, when Michigan Michigan State played, and they're they're big state fans, and they were really nervous. And I remember just saying, like, I don't know, I got a feeling that Michigan State's gonna gonna play well and like win. And they were like laughing at me. They're like, and then like, <laughs> they well, kept, Michigan like, had that game. Wait, well, are you talking about last I'm, year? I'm talking about last year. Oh, yeah. And, and Michigan Michigan State just kept like making big plays and I was just like I kept like looking over at them and being like like smiling. They made like, Rocky Lombardi look like a Heisman candidate. Yeah, that was trash. He ended up well, transferring. And they play the, him in the third week. Oh they do? Northern Illinois comes down. Oh really? House. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Watch him shock the world again. <laughs> they might as well make a statue of him. In the, <laughs> oh, dude! Front. If Rocky Lombardi for if Rocky Lombardi beats Michigan in the big house with, as a Northern Illinois quarterback, that that would be. Insane. <laughs> I think that you would have to admit that that would be quite the story. Even <laughs> though you are a diehard, but um, yeah, and I just thought that was that game was crazy. I just remember thinking like. I don't know. I just had the, this weird feeling that Michigan State was gonna play well, and granted, right. I don't think they played like out of the. I mean, they played well. There, a lot of the stuff was like jump balls, fifty-fifty balls. Like they were just catching crazy passes. Just one of those things. If you make the play, the ball bounce your way. You just yeah can't do anything about it. So you would say Michigan State last year was your word the word well, I would most say recent the, one. Yeah, I guess of the Harbaugh era, we could go with, and I'll go with. I'll answer it for Brian Kelly, too, because I think, you know, I was actually the podcast I was listening to the two ones that really come to mind. Well, there's a there's a few like the Tulsa game. Um, but since I'll go since like he's really turned it around, which was like 2016, um, you had the Miami game in 2017 and you had Michigan in 19. Um, and I'll say Michigan in 19 really stung because I was there. Uh, but I don't know that Miami game was like, that was horrible. I mean, Notre Dame was hot. They were playing well. Like I thought they were going to make the playoff for sure. And they go to Miami and they get beat like 44 to 10 or whatever it was. That stupid turnover chain. Yeah. And it was against like, uh, who was the quarterback? Um, remember, like, Bra- yeah, like Braxton Berrios was like their best wide receiver, and I was just like, this. Team I can tell you anything about the Miami team. I remember that was their last big win. Then they lost a pit at the end of the year, and they went downhill after that. Mark Rick yeah. got fired. Yeah, it was just like I, it just the game. Like and it was the same thing with 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 Michigan Notre Dame in in, in nineteen. It was like. Man, like it just felt like the, they just didn't even show up. Like I remember well, watching. I, go ahead. Well, Notre Dame also they lost to Georgia earlier in the year, so they were still alive for the playoff, and they go to Ann Arbor and got their butt kicked. Right, and that I mean that Georgia loss was they they lost by like what a touchdown, or they had a chance to win it at the end. They had. Like they had, I think they were on the goal line. I'm pretty sure to win the game, or to like have the tying touchdown or something like that. It was, it was like came down to the wire. I know and, both times were close games. Yeah, the one was the first one was a little closer, but I mean they still had an opportunity to win it. Was and, it the first time they Georgia scored a little under a minute or something, or under two minutes? For Notre Dame had a lead, right? For the second game? 
No, the first game. Um. Oh man, I can't remember on that one. I think it was like wasn't it like twenty to eighteen or it was a weird score. Yeah, I think Notre Dame was winning and Georgia, whoever the quarterback was it from, made a really yeah. nice pass in the corner, fifty-fifty ball. I think. Oh, wasn't it that one-handed catch? By, yeah. Uh, number five. I don't remember what his name was, but he was a transfer. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I just that that game against Miami really stuck with me though, and and the U of M game. Just, I think it stung, stung more for me because I'm from Michigan, and I have a ton of Michigan f- friends or fans, friends that are fans. So, um, that'd be so, yeah. something to post on our Facebook page. Our top five, my top five, Jim Harbaugh wins and losses. Well, who I think the worst losses are. Mm-hmm. You post Brian Kelly's. We can something do that. To post, why not? Yeah. I think that they are, like, I don't know. It's funny when you think about the best wins. <laughs> like, and also on Facebook page, we probably won't get a bunch of feedback or anything. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But no, no, no. Post it's it. fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we can move on and jump into. We don't necessarily need to go through. We have what three or four more games. Um. Not really the top games. Are there any games you want to talk about in specific? Uh, there were three more games I would probably be interested in watching. First one is NC State at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I think NC State has a good defense returning yep. against that air raid. And we saw what the air raid did in that first game against LSU. All the Mississippi State fans got Heisman hype for Castillo, was it? Yeah. They didn't do anything after that, especially on offense. Then, then, then they have their see. their running back like he he opted out like after like the second game or something. Yeah, and uh, just interesting seeing what Leach does in the second year. Although I would probably rather have Lane Kiffin than him. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Lane Kiffin, but I think he's very flashy. And he has, like, I don't know. I think he's a – I also think he's a cheater. <laughs> well, but, he went to that school that, you know, was famous for cheating. Yeah. USC. Yes. Uh, I'm well aware of the Trojans and their – Hey, that's a good segue. That was the other game. Even though it was oh, a yeah. 12 matchup, Stanford and USC, that's usually sure. a good close game. So. Starting at 1130 at night. If you Eastern guys want time. late football, yeah, we go to that one. <laughs> She's OP. Those games are crazy. Um, That's why I'm not familiar with the Pac-12. They play yeah. late. And I think that that plays a role in their their national perception as far as, like, the playoff goes. Like, no one watches the games because everyone's asleep on the other side of the country. Yeah. Or they're out at the bars or something. They're just, like, not Too wasted to care. Yeah, they don't, they don't care about Talk about their team. Oh, I can't yeah. believe we've won. Or lost. Yeah, I can't believe we lost that game. What's this crap on? (laughs) Yeah. It's sunny there. I thought it was nice. Yeah, right. Um, And then the last game is Texas and Arkansas. I think Arkansas is is headed in the right direction. Um, They had a pretty decent year last year. Yeah, they were a surprise last year, considering they only, I think, won two games the year before. Yeah. And uh, also, it's Texas, who I had lose, possibly, as an upset pick to Louisiana. So I don't mm. mind the Texas train quite yet. Yeah, I don't. Never. I know they've got a good running back coming back, and like Bijan Robinson is his name, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's supposed to be pretty good. And Sart, it's his second game. I don't buy into him either. I don't either. I mean, he's been a head coach in the past, and he didn't do well. Like, if I was him, I would have stayed out of Alabama and just kept winning there. Dude, the, him and Saban could have just, I mean, I almost said create a dynasty. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Continue the dynasty. There's already a dynasty. Weird. Um, no, yeah, I they, I mean, those two together, him just being in the offensive coordinator role, I think is his. that's his niche. But whatever. I mean, everyone wants to go be a head coach, so good luck to him. 
I think Alabama is a pretty good place. If you're failed at another job at as, as a head coach, mm-hmm. go there. Yeah, come into the Nick Saban umbrella and heal your he'll, wounds. Yeah, just like there. yeah, he'll take the brunt of everything and and then yeah, I, that is true. It's a good point. Um, and then we have our upset pick for the week, which again, upset picks this this far in advance are kind of silly, but. Nonetheless, we have I I wrote down App State um, at Miami, and I think at, I mean App State was ranked last year for some of the season, and I don't know who they have returning, but they're generally they're generally a very athletic team, um, and I think that Miami it'll be the it'll be depending on how they play against Alabama the week before if they I mean if they come off a of, if they, if they beat Alabama, I don't know that App State has much of a chance, unless they have like without you consider that like a trap game. Um, but if they get smoked by Bama, which is probably going to happen, and they end up, I guess you know they get beat up physically. I don't. I mean, it could happen. App State could come in and surprise them. So. It'll be interesting to see what Miami is in week two, see how they play against Alabama coming off of that game. Yeah, I just I just get don't blown know. out probably. I just don't know about I mean I think Derek King is obviously a, a good college quarterback, but the, his like his future, like I don't think he's an NFL guy. I think he's just a really athletic college quarterback. And he, yeah, sure he'll he'll be you know he's he's electric and he can make some things happen, and I would love to see Miami beat Alabama. I, I'm okay with Alabama losing any time, so so I wouldn't mind that. But oh, when was the last time Alabama lost first within the first two weeks of the season? That's a Probably great before question. Before Saban, I know Saban was five wins in his first year or seven. He lost to Louisiana Monroe that year. Yeah, Pete, I remember when Alabama wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. Like, I think about, like, just the early days of, like, myself watching college football. And, I mean, Alabama wasn't even on my radar. I'd be like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know. It was Florida was always the team in the SEC. And Well, around yeah. that time, it was Urban Meyer. Tennessee was decent. Georgia was good. But Alabama wasn't up there often. And now they are the greatest team ever. But nonetheless, we play the games, and hopefully there is some some chaos, and we get some upsets happening. Hopefully the Huskies go into the big house and <laughs> take out Michigan. Um. I didn't put. There's the Notre Dame, Dame playing Toledo. That's why I didn't put oh, it on Toledo. <laughs> Let's go. Are they the Rockets or whatever? Yeah, I almost said yeah. Buttons. That's the. I hate. Ball. <laughs> I hate games like that though because they're just a lose lose for the big programs. Like if you smoke them, it's like you're yeah. supposed to. And if you lose a, or if you win a close game, it's like what is wrong with you? Or if you lose, it's like okay. Like you, you look, yeah. yeah. It's just like it's just a lose lose. You don't. I mean, there's no good that can really come from it. So those kind of games, it's like please just put a fifty spot on them and just don't let them breathe. And am I allowed to say that on <laughs> on live recording? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> don't just beat them. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah. So week two. Looks like a pretty good, um, pretty just fairly decent. It'll be college football. I'd, I'll be excited to watch college football no matter what. But not not a ton of highly ranked matchups or super exciting games. So I didn't put it down because I put down Tennessee last week, seeing how they play under Josh Heupel. They mm-hmm. play Pitt. Oh, you two. know I did see that game as well. But I didn't want to put them down too bad. I mean that's a pretty. It's like Arkansas and Tennessee. I mean, Texas. So, right. you can put that down, too. 
Yeah, there. I mean, there's like there's power five teams playing. And who knows? Those teams might look totally different by the time the fall rolls around with transfers yeah. and all that stuff. So, so you never know. I mean, this could end up being a great, a really good week, and we just don't know it yet. So, as of right now, it doesn't look like anything too special. But we'll see. So. Yeah, we might have a Toledo upset and a Michigan big win, then you just know they're going to upset you by the end of the year. <laughs> right. You just don't know. All right, well, uh, go follow us on Facebook. Uh, it's the Fighting Wolverines podcast. Um, we'll have some different things. Uh, we'll be posting like some polls and stuff, and we'll just post random uh, links to articles of things that we find interesting with college football. Yeah, it, ju- it won't just be a Notre Dame-Michigan page. Yeah. Because yeah, I so- had someone message me after I sent the invites. Mm-hmm. He asked me why on earth would he join a site that two teams he can't stand. He's an Ohio State fan. Oh. I was like, well, it's not just that. We're going to cover college football overall. It's yeah. just the name because we're, you know, two fans. Right. And I'm on it. And he said, oh, you're, if you're on it, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been asked the same thing. Why are you joining forces with a Michigan fan? It's like, I mean, yeah, do I, do I love Michigan? I, no, I don't at all. But I can put that aside. Listen to talk, the podcast for current. Yeah. Talk, <laughs> talk some college football. That's all this is. And we're just trying to give a um, just your general. Your I can't every, wait for the season so we can do picks and talk crap to just, each other more. Right now it's just dead. Oh. Just dead. Yeah, dude. Once the season gets rolling and one of our teams loses, it's going to be the Knights are going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, hope you enjoyed the episode today. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be going through week three, and we'll have some other things for you, hopefully some more news for uh, both Notre Dame and Michigan. So, Dan, we'll have a, have a good evening, and I'll talk to you later. Yep, you too.